Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Settle in for today's episode because it is a big one. You're definitely going to want to take notes. You're definitely going to want to take action to hear what we're going to talk about, but then more importantly, apply it to your life, apply it to your thinking, apply it to the way you're planning out your days. Today, I want to talk about the huge difference between being productive and being fulfilled. And I've said this before, but I see more than ever a lot of unhappy achievers. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but I sure can. For so long, I lived in the in the when-thens. When this happens, then that. When I lose weight, then I'll be more social. Or when I get out of debt, then I'll enjoy life more. And I did a daily mindset upgrade. For those of you that aren't getting those, check it out. You can be a part of it for just $1 for your first month, which is bonkers because it's an audio message mindset upgrade from me every day. And you can text back and forth, which I think is pretty cool. Anyways, one of the ones I did a few weeks back was on this concept of contingent contentment, having our contentment be contingent on something else. Like when I'm in a relationship, then I'll be happier. When I lose more weight, then I'll be more confident. That is contingent contentment and it's living in the when-thens and I want to stop that with you right now. Now, I have to catch myself in that too because I've thought that way. When I write this next book, then I'll be less stressed. Then I'll have more time. When I hire three more people, then I'll be able to work less. No, no, no. Guys, we need to find a way to do the things, to have the things, to be the things we want to be right now. And it doesn't mean we can't still pursue those goals. Absolutely, I want to hire more people. Absolutely, I want to write my next book. Absolutely, I want to have more quality time with my husband. But we need to find ways to work less now, not just when this season of life is over. We need to find ways to spend more quality time together now, not do that after we've gotten out of debt. We need to find ways to step into and build confidence now instead of saying, when I lose weight, then I'll feel. Because I'll tell you right now, a little spoiler alert, whatever you think will happen when something gets done, won't. Because You'll, you'll move the marker. I'm not saying that you won't feel relieved when you get out of debt. You will, but you are going to adjust to that so freaking quickly. And then it's going to become, well, I'll be less stressed when we have six months of expenses in our emergency fund, right? It's going to move so quick. That contentment is only going to last a minute. 
It is going to go by so fast. And I think a lot of this, a lot of our ability to do this, to make this shift, to get out of the when-thens, to stop relying on contingent contentment, which is a lie, by the way, is misunderstanding productive versus fulfilled. So I want to start there, productive versus fulfilled. For the longest time, I thought about productivity in terms of getting a lot of things done. And I have since changed my view on that. And I want to help you change your view as well. But for most of my life, it was like, oh, there was 32 things on my to-do list today. And I got 28 of them done. Like it was a productive day. I emptied the dishwasher and I loaded it and I made dinner and I folded laundry, vacuumed the floors and organized all my spices. The evening was productive. But I would contend now that that's probably not productive at all. It's probably not productive at all. And I love words. You guys know this because I studied Latin for years and years and years and years. And so you, you learn a lot about the origin of words. And when I started to think about productive and how unfulfilling that was, like, yay, I got 16 things done around the house, but I'm still stressed. I'm unhappy. It wasn't a happy day. There wasn't a lot of laughter today. I didn't make meaningful progress towards my real goals. I just got a lot of like chores done around the house. Is that is that really the metric? Is that really what I'm going for? I started to look at the root of the word productive, which is the word produce. So I Googled it. How would we define the word produce? And the definition that jumped out at me was cause a particular result or situation to happen or come into existence. Produce, cause a particular result or situation to happen or come into existence. Now, Organizing closet definitely means that we made an organized closet come into existence. So technically, okay, we produced that result. But I think we miss something really major. In fact, I know we miss something major when that is how we assess productivity. What results do you want to create in your life? Or maybe better yet, what are the most important results that you want to create. Because yeah, there's nothing wrong with having an organized closet. I think everybody loves that. But you only have a certain amount of energy every single day. Is that the result that you want to create today? Is that what really matters? And if it is, awesome. I would say that is productive. But if really what you want is to become healthier, if really what you want is to get out of debt, if really what you want is to dramatically improve the quality of your relationship, then I don't think it was all that productive that you organized the closet. Even if it was on your list, and I just know there are so many people out there like me who just love checking it off, and I'll even put things on my list sometimes that I've already done just so that I can cross them off. But that's not the same thing as being productive, achieving or producing a significant result, right? So it's not just, there's multiple definitions of any one word. One of them we started with just make something happen or come into existence. Empty the dishwasher, check, check, I produce that result. But let's look at the word productive. Achieving or producing a significant amount or result. Significant. Significance. What are the results that would be significant to you that would add significance to your life? Productive is not just giving yourself credit for a lot of insignificant things. Maybe those things need to get done. Maybe you need to clean out the car. Okay. But they can't be all 
we get done. And I know a lot of days, if I look back, because I keep all my journals, if I look back at a lot of my like to-do lists, the majority of things on there are totally unproductive, totally insignificant. They were just things that I wanted to cross off the list, things that have been nagging me and bugging me. And we all as adults are going to have to do those insignificant things. Today, I had to fax a form to my car insurance company. It's done. It's off my list. And it needed to be done, but it's not a thing of significance. It does not make me productive because I did that. Let's lead with the things that are significant. And we have to know what those things are. Sometimes we're not very honest with ourselves about what things are significant because then we feel like we've really held ourselves accountable to doing them, whereas we could just keep on doing the insignificant things and, oh, life is so crazy and life is so busy. I want you to defy that. I want you to say, you know what? What are the significant things that I want to produce this week? What are the significant things that I want to bring into existence today? And I'm going to have to do insignificant things too. I've got to empty the dishwasher and I've got to clean those toilets. But let me make sure that I'm leading with, that I'm placing the most priority, that I'm giving the most time to those things that are significant. Most people don't feel super productive when they've spent an hour playing with their kids. But I would say that is insanely productive because you are producing relationships of value. You are building a family bond, something that has a tremendous amount of significance to you. And yet, I talk to so many people who feel like, oh, but I should have been folding the laundry that's been sitting there. Should you though? Really, is that, is that what you should have been doing instead? I want you to flip this notion of what productive really means. I want you to flip it on its head. I want you to flip it on its head. Let's lead with the things that are significant. Let's identify what results we want to create, what matters most to us. And here I want to remind you that a specific intention is required. You cannot be vague. Like I can't say, I want to write a book or I need to spend time writing because then what happens is I don't know where to start. And maybe I spend a lot of time thinking about where I could start and all the options and all the things to do. But that is not producing something of value, okay? So that is why specificity really matters. It is not enough to say, I want to lose weight, I want to eat healthy. No, because then you're like, oh, I should. And your energy and your time is going to what you didn't do right and how badly you want this goal. But that is not the same thing as producing something of value. So for me, instead of I want to write a book, it's today I'm going to take an hour and I'm going to write a crappy first draft of the prologue. And it's not that I'm setting the intention that it's going to be bad. I just remove the pressure to try to find perfect words and perfect phrases and perfect flow. I just want to get the words on paper. So I'm going for a crappy first draft of this particular part, the prologue today from this time to this time. Or maybe it's, you know, I want to include this story in the book. So I'm going to write out my crappy first draft of this story at 10 a.m. today. And I'm going to give myself from 10 a.m. to 10.45, right? It's not, I should really meal prep and have healthier options in the fridge. It's this afternoon from 2 to 4 or 2 to 3, I'm going to make cauliflower rice and grilled chicken. Let me, let me back up for a second and tell you all where this came from. So 
uh, I don't know, a few months ago, maybe, maybe even more than that, a friend of mine messaged me and said, hey, you need to listen to this sermon. And I listened because she's a friend of mine, though I get all sorts of bonkers messages, things to listen to that most of the time I don't because, you know, the person doesn't necessarily know me and I don't know them. And, and you go down this rabbit hole of like, well, why am I doing this? Anyway, I know this person. So she knew kind of and she knows where I'm at in my life right now and what some of our struggles are. And so I listened to the sermon. And early in the sermon, it was a Stephen Furtick sermon. I don't know if I mentioned that. Early in the sermon, he says, this might not be the prettiest time in my life but it will be the most productive. This might not be the prettiest time in my life, but it will be the most productive. And I don't know about you, a lot of people in 2020 are feeling like this isn't the prettiest time of their life, whether it's health challenges, financial challenges, work challenges, kids' school challenges, kids' not in school challenges. But for me, when I listened to this, it had to have been, I don't know, maybe two months after our daughter Dagny died And my first reaction to that was, okay, I'm just not a normal COVID sucks, 2020's been hard kind of person. Uh, My my situation is so much more extreme than that in that we, you know, we lost our child. So when, when I heard this, this might not be the prettiest time of my life, but it will be the most productive. I was like, I don't have any interest in being productive as I thought of productive then. Like I'm not looking to get a whole bunch of stuff done. I'm not looking to use this time of grieving to like get organized and record podcasts and get healthy. And I sort of resisted it, dismissed it, felt like it didn't apply to me because, again, no interest whatsoever in being productive. At this point, when I heard the sermon, I was spending hours a day sitting on the bathroom floor, staring at the closet door, crying. I was going into my office, which is separate from our house, and screaming and sobbing, just like wailing is the only word that I can think of. It's not anything I've ever done at any other point in my life. And doing that in my office so that I didn't scare Chris or upset him. So I'm like productive? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. That's, that's for everybody else who's like home with their kids. That's not for me who's just lost mine. But I kept listening and... I say all the time that nobody will coach you more than the voice in your own head. You know, that narrative that's always talking to you as you're making a decision, as you're listening to something, you're kind of just like, yeah, there's this monologue in your head. And at some point, this this thought came to my mind that I was misunderstanding the word productive. And that was when I started to think about the word produce. And I asked myself, I was on a walk at the time, which is kind of when I listen to things, whether it's music or podcasts or books or whatnot. What if productive isn't about producing any result? Laundry, making phone calls, getting organized. But what if it is about producing something of value? What if productive isn't about producing any result? but it's about producing something of value, right? And more often than not, I realize producing something of value is the very opposite of getting a lot of things done, right? On those days, 
where I've gotten a lot of things done, I've rarely produced something of value. All of those things that I mentioned earlier, again, they're, they're insignificant, they're inconsequential. So then I thought about it again. This might not be the prettiest time of my life, but it will be the most productive. And with this reframe on the word productive, producing something of value, it started to kind of take new shape. This might not be the prettiest time of my life, but it might produce the most value. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. In the weeks following when Dagny died, seeing who showed up to support us, who really showed their care and who didn't, it helped us crystallize for the first time in our lives what we really want for our family. There were things that we experienced that we never, ever, 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 ever want our children to see or feel in terms of like support or lack of support. And from that, from things that were tremendously painful, not direct, like not, I'm not talking about Dagny dying, things that happened because of that. Um, and of course, COVID is a factor, but, but because of what we walked very uniquely, it allowed Chris and I to really gain a ton of clarity and, and frankly, develop a new vision for what we want for our family. That has tremendous value. And that doesn't mean that I'm glad that it happened or even grateful to be on this path, but it still produced something of tremendous value. Similarly, I saw sides of Chris that I don't believe I would ever have seen outside of this very unique tragedy. And those moments have been very valuable for our connection. I also believe writing my next book is something of tremendous value that has come from, is coming from, will come from this nightmare. So this might not be the prettiest time of my life, but it will be the most productive. It will be one of the most value producing times of my life. And it, I've turned it into a question that I come back to again and again and again. I come back to it at the start of some days. I come back to it in the middle of some days that just feel like they're total disaster days. I feel, I come back to it when I feel like I don't know what I'm doing or what I should be doing or how I should be spending my time. And that is, what value can I produce for myself today? So I want you to, to write down some of these questions. Maybe one or two will resonate with you. Maybe a different one or two will resonate with you tomorrow or a week from now. What value can you produce for yourself today? What value can you produce for your health today? What of value can you produce for your family today? Or for your marriage today? What of value can you produce for your career today? Or for your finances today? Or for your faith today? I ask myself regularly, what of value can I produce for my clients or my listeners today? And guys, it's okay if sometimes the answers are small and simple. Sometimes my answers were just, 
I can make incredible food choices today. And then I would ask myself to get more specific and I'd say, okay, well, I can do eggs and avocado uh, and an apple for breakfast and I can do a grilled chicken salad for lunch. I would force myself to get really specific. Otherwise, you know, just like, oh, I can eat well today. Way too vague. I can produce value for my health today by scheduling this doctor's appointment or by taking my supplements. And sometimes they were slightly bigger and they might not seem big to you, but for some days it it seemed huge to say, Chris, do you want to go for a walk? Because I didn't even want to talk. I certainly didn't want extended alone time with anybody, but I knew that connection was important. One of the things that I did, and I noticed um, for probably six to eight weeks before I did anything about it, that communicating verbally with Chris got really, really hard because I just felt always on edge and very vulnerable and like on the verge of a total breakdown at any moment. And we were grieving so differently Chris has an amazing ability to compartmentalize things. I don't have that. And I really wanted to talk about Dagny and her life and her death. And and Chris wasn't at a place where he wanted to have those conversations. So one day when I asked that question, how can I produce value for my marriage today? In frustration, I was kind of like, make communication easier. But that didn't feel like a how. It feels impossible right now. But because I asked that question, It led me to, you know what I'm going to try? I'm going to get a small notebook and I'm going to write him a note and I'm going to ask him to write one back to me. And honestly, that first note, I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, hi, how's your day? But instead, I just wrote acknowledgement of how hard this season was and acknowledgement that we do, in fact, communicate differently and acknowledgement that communication had been really strained And that I was appreciative for the fact that we were allowing each other to grieve in our own ways. And then I just said, you know, if you feel up to it, write something back. And I left it on his bedside table. And I go to bed before Chris almost always. And the next morning, um, the little yellow notebook was on my bedside table. And inside was a second note from Chris. And um, it was just a message of love. Like, we will stick together through this. And that, that little yellow notebook was so helpful. And the only reason I thought, it's not anything I've heard of before. It wasn't the recommendation of grief counselors or anything like that. It was purely because I asked myself, how can I create something of value or do something of value in my marriage today? And my initial response was like almost snarky and condescending, like make communication easier. But instead of stopping there, I just kept going, okay, well, how? I mean, maybe if we could write to each other, perfect. I'll run to CVS and I'll get a little notebook. This might not be the prettiest time of your life. Whether you were laid off or money is tight or your marriage is in trouble or you're struggling with infertility or you're worried about a loved one or it's just the political climate, the social climate, all of the above, This might not be the prettiest time of your life, but it can be one that produces the most value. The thing about this is that the potential to create value is not passive. It's not going to happen to you. It requires your participation, which is why I love using the questions. And again, there's no answer to yourself that's too small as long as it's actionable. So sometimes my answer was just, I can take my supplements today. 
Sometimes my answer was, I can just not have any sugar today. That was okay too. And sometimes my answers were, were more significant. I'm going to write. I'm going to call somebody and talk to them. I'm going to make an appointment with a therapist. I'm going to go to the gym. The potential is there for this to be a time that produces the most value, no matter what season of life that you're in. But that potential is not passive. It requires your participation. Take small steps. How can you produce value for your health today? Can you make a good choice? What will that be? Is there a choice you need to avoid? What will that be? Can you get outside and breathe fresh air for five minutes? Can you do one push-up? I remember it had to have been maybe eight or nine weeks after Dagny was born and I had a C-section. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one push-up today. I'm just going to see how it feels. That was it. That was it. That was it for the day. Can you do a five-minute workout? Can you reach out to somebody and ask how they are? Can you do something generous for somebody you know or you love? Bake them something, bring it over, send them flowers, send a handwritten card. That's something that I often do. Like what, you know, when I can't see my, my, one of my grandmothers lives in New Hampshire and her retirement home hasn't been allowing visitors, but I can send her a card, you know? You have the ability to produce value today. You have the ability to produce value today for yourself, for your health, for your faith, for your friendships, for your finances, for your career, for your relationships, you name it. But that is not passive. It requires your participation. Don't hinge on these big things that you don't want to do. That's okay. Focus on the small thing that you can do, that you are willing to do. Be willing to ask yourself to identify and act upon small ways that you can add value. And the next time you think about being productive, think about significance. Think about the significant result that you want to produce. I would love to hear from you if this episode was helpful because I'll tell you right now that this continues to be a tool that I use every single day. And I would love to know if you adopt these questions, if this conversation was helpful, let me know. DM me at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram. I would love to hear from you what you're going to do with this. Maybe you need to pass this to somebody that you know that's having a hard time, that's in a rough season. Because even if this isn't the prettiest time in your life, it can be a time that produces the most value. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.